Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast, a safe place to talk about unsafe things. Here's your host, Jane Zahasky. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Jane Zahasky. And today I have Stephanie Reed, co-founder of Warriors Arise Ministry with me. Good morning, Jane. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you today? I am good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Absolutely. would love to. So my name is Stephanie Ree. I am originally from Midland, Texas. I have been in Oklahoma most of my life, though. Um, I've been married to my best friend for 10 years almost. Next year, we got married the same day as Prince William, so it's very easy to remember because the TV always reminds us. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes. We have been pastors for almost 16 years at the same church here mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where we met as well. So, oh. um, well, I'll say that we our relationship grew through the church, but we actually met somewhere else. Um, but I spent most of my time um, pastoring with him. Mm-hmm. We are partners in a fit camp, a faith-based fit camp here in the city, and oh. we are also planting those around the city. That's awesome. Yes, and on my spare time. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a side leadership business where I do consulting with companies and teach um, character development training. Wow, that is awesome. I didn't even know that about you. Awesome. I'm so glad I got to learn (laughs) something new. Well, that is fantastic. So tell um, us all a little bit about you and your relationship with Susie and how you um, connected and how God brought a vision to both of you and how just how it all came about. Yes, it's actually a really cool story. So Susie and I both worked at this church in Oklahoma City, and we were in the same position. It was the missions in the small groups area, ah. but we were at two different locations. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't remember, maybe a couple years or two or three years. I don't remember how long we both were on staff at the same time. Yeah. But we just formed this good relationship because we were counterparts. And then whenever I was 19, if we rewind a little bit, I went to my very first Women of Faith mm-hmm. conference. Mm-hmm. And I remember going home and telling my mom, I well, first of all, I was like the youngest one in the crowd. It felt like at the time. <laughs> sure. There's a bunch of baby boomers in the crowd. Yeah. And I remember going home and telling my mom, I'm such a fan of older people, Mom. I had no idea <laughs> I would fit in so well and yeah. I would have this older soul about me. Uh-huh. So when I went, something very mysterious happened to me, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I'm a big note taker. I make sure I write down every single word that the speakers say. Mm-hmm. But when I went home that day, I wrote down notes about how the speakers moved on stage, how their oh. voice projections were, and things I had never been taught before in my life, but I noticed I was writing those kind of dynamics down on my piece of paper. And so I went home and started praying about it, and first of all, it scared me because I'm like, I don't know what this means. Right. But it also excited me because I knew God was birthing something inside of me, mm-hmm. and that was the start of what I would consider my dream of being an evangelist one day. Yeah. And so for the next 20 years, I spent my life serving with the Women of Faith organization, learning from their speakers and their administration team and traveling with them and knew that I was just going to be on their teaching team one day. That was Mm -hmm. my dream. But God had a different plan. Women of Faith retired one day, mm-hmm. and they served 20 wonderful years of ministry, oh, yeah. you know, in this nation. And so I thought, well, now what? <laughs> right. That kind of put a block in my plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> now what? 
So um, I just continued to go into other women's mm-hmm. organizations and continue to learn. And But ultimately, God knew, or God told me that I, too, would have one one day. Ah, Didn't know what that looked like. Right. We, um, Susie and her family would also join in our big um, community that would always go to these um, conferences together. Mm-hmm. So that's how our relationship really started building as well. Ah. And then through that, our love for women and love for breaking women out of prison mm-hmm. really came to surface, and we kept connecting off and on throughout the city, different times, different months, different years, and say, when's it going to be the time? Is this the time? And so earlier um, this year, 2020, she approached me, and she said, it's time. Ah, Basically, it's time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) So you were just waiting. You were just waiting, right? We were in the waiting. You were ready, and you were ready. Awesome. I love that. And I don't know if I was waiting for a magical date. Right. Or I just need to be confronted about it. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, let's finally do it. Yes. Let's do it. Like, uh, absolutely. You, I love how your story brings out so many little things that I hope all our listeners take away. Like, you knew something was happening and you were like, I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. But once you realized it was God, you're like, okay, well, let's do this. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And um, so what is that? What is that in a person that you don't have any idea what is going on but you realize it's God. It's a I, what I consider a big ball of emotions. <laughs> it is yeah. a big ball of rubber bands. Sometimes they pull and snap at you, and you get shocked, and you're like, what was that? Was right. that the Holy Spirit talking to me, or was that mm-hmm. that I, I got pinched myself or something? Right. Or it's a lot of fear, and you don't know why, but it's a lot of anticipation that something is coming, and you don't know what it is. But you have peace at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then how I knew it was the Holy Spirit, because that's another yeah. question I get asked a lot. How yeah. do you know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's peace always with the Holy Spirit. And then, two, you it's like he's forming a puzzle together with you, and he keeps giving you these little puzzle pieces yeah. and forming this masterpiece. Right. And then I feel like over the last, you know, 25 years of my life, and really probably almost 30, he's been giving me little puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And... In the puzzle, I mean, I'm not saying it's complete yet. Right. But, man, I think we have three-fourths of the puzzle ready mm-hmm. to be put together and yeah. hang on and hung on a wall one day. Yes. Absolutely. And so, for me, it is just, I would just say, unorganized peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. It does. It does. And I love your analogy about the rubber band ball because that is so true. <laughs> I feel like we all have yeah. that rubber band ball in our uh-huh. head, carrying it with us all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Waiting to be popped, yeah. waiting yeah. for them to be stretched out because sometimes mm-hmm. our emotions get so tired that they get weary and they stretch yes. out and you're trying to hold it together. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep, the rubber band ball, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, so, uh, Warriors Arise. So, this is part of the puzzle. Yes. This is definitely part of the puzzle. So, how do you feel about it? I mean, it's we're an infant, (laughs) an infant stage right now. Um, Mm. Share just a little bit of your hopes and dreams and visions for Mm. the ministry. Gosh, there's so many. Um, My foundation of who I am is a developer, so I love to develop people. Mm -hmm. And first, it comes with the invitation of building that relationship with someone because you can't pour into somebody if you don't know them Mm -hmm. or if they don't know you. I mean, you can, but it's not as effective. Right. And so my hopes and dreams is that we could build a community of women worldwide. And yes, it starts in our backyard, but worldwide 
so that women never feel like they are fighting battles alone. Mm-hmm. That we all have the same armor. Some of it is just polished differently. Some yeah. of it fits differently. But ultimately, God gave us all the same armor mm-hmm. to use. We all have the same spiritual weapons. Yep. We just have to learn how to use them. And that's where the development piece comes in. Mm-hmm. And so I know what Women of Faith did for me as a young teenager growing up into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And I really want to pay it forward and be able to do the same thing to other oh, women. that's awesome. That mm-hmm. is so good. And yes, yeah. we all have the same armor, but we don't know what, how to use it. Yeah. And we don't know how powerful yes. the tools so and the armor and all of that can be. And mm-hmm. so um, helping women learn that and learn how to use the tools. And yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how you said that you're a developer. And it's all about relationships. Yes. Um, And that also can be said about our relationship with God. You have to have a relationship with Him. And so I like how we can talk about being relational with each other, with God, and bring us all together. So we really all can walk into our callings. And um, so very good. So... The safe place to talk about unsafe things. That has become a little tagline for our Warriors Arise ministry. Tell us a little more about that. Well, personally, like Susie, like yourself, like Mm -hmm. so many women, we have a lot of secrets. Mm -hmm. We have had a lot of secrets. And I don't ever remember having a safe place. I went to church, Mm -hmm. but I... They were very welcoming to me, but I never felt safe to talk about some of the dark stuff that was happening in my life. Mm-hmm. And whether someone rejected you or not rejected you, you automatically feel you're going to be rejected. Sure. Because that is the society we live in. Yeah. If you don't say the perfect thing, if you don't look the perfect part, you know, mm-hmm. it's probably best that you just keep it mm-hmm. to yourself. Right. And so I think building relationships is about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's about being authentic. Yes. So if we cannot be able to be authentic, then how will we ever ask someone else to be? Right. So, you know, you can't take someone to a place that you've never been. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about our leadership team here is that we have probably been almost everywhere. (laughs) Right. Almost everywhere that the viewers have been. Yeah. And if not, then we will find someone that has. Exactly. Because we will never act like we have all the answers. Right. Because God does not look for perfection. Mm Mm-hmm. He meets us in the messiness. Yeah. And I have learned to love being in the messy. Yes. And that's why being come, or having a safe place to talk about unsafe things is mm-hmm. a very vital part in all of our development, no matter if you've been following Jesus for two weeks mm-hmm. or for 25 years. Right. We still have messy in uh, our life. Yeah. I think God loves the messy. Yes. <laughs> and we need to learn to embrace our messiness sometimes. Yes. Instead of hide it, let's just embrace it yes. and, and give it to God. One of my... Um, favorite evangelical mentors, you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, one of her books was called We're All Cracked Up. And her <laughs> um, her demonstration was a clay pot yeah. with some flowers in it, uh-huh. you know, and it's all cracked because clay cracks so easily. Yeah. And she said it's in the cracks that the sunlight can yes. get to the roots a lot faster to develop growth. Oh, yeah. And so I've always remembered that analogy yeah. is that, you know what? It's okay to be cracked up. It's okay mm-hmm. to be broken. Yeah. And it's okay to have missing pieces of your puzzle. Absolutely. Because one day yeah. God will give that back to you. Yes. Stronger. He will give you better than duct tape. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. He is better than duct yes. tape. <laughs> that could be better a t-shirt. Better than Gorilla Glue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
so share a little bit, if you're comfortable, share a little bit about your past, um, kind of the things that you that God has brought you through. Mm-hmm. And like you had mentioned before, we really can't take anywhere, anyone anywhere to a place that we haven't been to before. Mm-hmm. So um, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your Absolutely. past and your story. Yes. So, like I said, we grew up in uh, Midland, Texas. We moved mm-hmm. to Oklahoma, a small, small town, when I was six years old. I don't have very many memories before six years old. And um, the majority of that was, I think I can relate to a lot of viewers in this way because I grew up fatherless. Mm-hmm. And I know that is a very big problem in yes, our society. It is, yeah. So, I was the little girl who was on a mission to go find a father. Mm-hmm. I didn't care who it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't care how many of them. I just wanted a father. <laughs> right. So because of that mentality, I did get in a lot of sexual abuse mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. because I chose the wrong father figures. Mm-hmm. And so when I was six, the how it started was we had this neighbor. I lived way out in the country, so mm-hmm. not very many people to talk to. Right. My mom worked three jobs to keep us all fed, my mm-hmm. sister and I. Mm-hmm. So we fended for ourselves after school, before school, and all sorts of things. So I would go to my neighbor's house because they had this great family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I would hang out there after school, in between, and all the above. Yeah. And so I kind of made them adopt me. And that was my mentality. I had a <laughs> yeah. lot of families adopt me. Uh-huh. And I don't think it was by their choice. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just forced yourself I did. <laughs> but they learned to love me. Yeah. <laughs> How could they not? Exactly. So it all started whenever um, they had a teenage son, Mm -hmm. and he became like a brother to me. Mm -hmm. So if I couldn't have a father, a big brother was the next best thing. Right. So he would have a friend come over, and his friend would always want to play this game with me. Uh Uh-huh. It seems like it always starts with games. Sure. And I remember feeling like I was the most special person in the world because he chose to play with me. Mm -hmm. Out of anyone else. So he and I... But this game happened to only be played in the woods. Oh, yes. So the perfect setup. Yeah. So I went Mm -hmm. and, you know, he stacked me on some two by fours and we Mm -hmm. played the games. Oh, and and then the the magic words that you always hear is it's our secret. That's where the secret Mm. seed started mm-hmm. being planted. Right. This is our secret because you're special. It's between you and me. Mm-hmm. So like most people who have been through molestation or abuse, again, you know it's wrong. You know mm-hmm. something's wrong, even as a little kid, but you feel paralyzed. Sure. And you also think, what if I do stand up for myself? What will happen next? Mm-hmm. So I chose to stay there because I wasn't quite sure what he would do next mm-hmm. until he released me. So I remember, again, this is our secret. Right. I went home. My sister was there by herself, and she was eight at the time. I was six. Uh-huh. And she hated me at the time. I was her little bratty sister. So my first thing I wanted to do was just go tell her. Sure. Because I wanted a safe place, right? Right. But there wasn't a safe place. Uh-huh. I started crying in front of her. Yeah. And she just looked at me and said, get out of my room, brat. Oh. <laughs> so again, we go back to having a safe place to talk about unsafe things. It's not a natural thing to have growing up mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And so that was my secret to myself for a very long time. And then I think my sister told my mom one day, but she thought I was lying because I did lie a lot oh. at that age. Oh. Right. I wanted a dad. I would like to anybody to get one. Uh-huh. And yeah. friends, too, because I then got bullied. Sure. So that's the that's the start of my mm-hmm. sexual abuse. It happened with three different men over a course of 
10 to 11 years. Mm -hmm. And it was always due to me wanting a father figure, Mm -hmm. whether it was a best friend's father who loved to, you know, come pay me visits in the middle of the night while his daughter was also in the room. Oh, right. Whether it was another one of my best friends who would always want to come and pick me up outside of anyone else being with us. And Mm -hmm. we would go on a joy ride before he would take me to his house. Again, I felt special every time, Every, uh, even though I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So that's the lies that the enemy does play on oh, you. Oh, yes. Where it's your fault because you didn't stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. It is your fault for saying yes again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're never yeah. felt, you're never left feeling complete. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you're always looking. Always, always looking. looking. For yes. something to complete you. Yes, and it's amazing yeah. that I still didn't find a father figure. Uh, Imagine that. Yes. I still didn't find one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, um, I was a little girl that gave her life to Jesus every single week. I wanted to make sure that I had a safe place to go to one day, yeah. even though I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. And so I grew up in um, a local church in my small little town of Hevener, Oklahoma. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember... Again, driven by the need of a father figure, I went to the front to give my life mm-hmm. to Jesus because the pastor, who was a grandfather figure in my life, yeah, you know, would be there to embrace me, right. and that's all I cared about. Oh wow! I wanted yeah. him to wrap his arm around me and say, "This is how you are mm-hmm. loved," and I did it every week. Wow! And my mom would always be embarrassed, and she would always apologize to him. He said, "Don't stop her from coming. Mm-hmm. It's okay. She's not hurting anything, but you don't know." why she's being drawn up there. Just right. let her. She's yeah. exploring. Uh-huh. And so it wasn't until I was 13 years old, I was at a church camp. Yeah. And that's when I gave my life to Jesus the real time, when mm-hmm. I actually understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. And that's when my life started dramatically changing after that. I still looked for a father figure everywhere I went. Yeah. I think I probably asked the man who led me to Jesus if he would want a new daughter <laughs> in his life. Yeah. But um, he did. Was He was kind enough to tell me no. Oh, he he was kind enough to point me in the direction where I could find a real father. That's wonderful. Yes. And that's when I first heard uh, for the first time that Jesus and God was my father Mm -hmm. and that I didn't need it here on earth. Didn't stop me from searching. Yeah. But that's the first time I had heard it. Wow. So that also planted a seed in my head, whereas I was like, okay, because I have had a a relationship with Jesus ever since I was 13. Yeah. However... Um, I made him my protector, my provider, my sa- my savior, all these things he is, but I would never let him be my father. Mm. I refused. I wanted mm. an earthly father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were kind of that girl that was stomping her feet all the time, right? I needed it. I <laughs> yes. needed it in the flesh so bad. Yeah. And God has a sense of humor in a lot of ways, too, because when I'm married, I thought, well, if I can't have a father in my life, then mm-hmm. I want I want to marry someone that has a good father. That's the next best thing, right? To have oh. a great father-in-law. Yes. So... My husband doesn't have a dad. His dad died when he was th- um, six months old. Oh, wow. So he couldn't even have a bad dad and hope that he turned good one day. <laughs> yeah. He had no father. Oh, wow. But God knew I would probably spend more time with his dad than I ever would with my own husband. Yeah. Because I wanted a dad more than I wanted a husband yeah. in my life. Yeah. So there's some fun little yes. twists and turns along the way yeah. for God to finally get my attention. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And God always has a way. He you always know? has a way. Yes. <laughs> and his ways are always better. Always better. Yes. But always. on the bright side, when I did get married, I had like seven men offer what me down the aisle. All these <laughs> fathers I collected over the years. <laughs> I was them. I was covered in that area. <laughs> you were. So did you have them all just walk down with you? Because <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been a dream. <laughs> so 
But now my, uh, my biological dad chose not to come. Yeah. So I, it's good that I did have some backups. <laughs> yeah. But my stepfather, who yes. I adored, and my yeah. um, baby cousin, Aww. who was really close to me, they walked yeah. me halfway. Aww. And then my mom and my sister got me and watched me Aww. and gave me away because my mom raised me. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it was very special. It was exactly oh. how it should have been. Yes. Oh, and and of course, God knew that. He knew that. He had that plan from the very beginning. He did. So, you mentioned breaking out of our prisons. And, you know, sometimes we're like, yeah, okay, I'm not really in jail. I'm not really in prison, so that's not for me. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, that is for the the women who have way bigger problems that are, you know, and that's probably not for me. So, what would you say to those those women, yeah. those women that are listening, that saying, well, no, n- n- this probably isn't the time. Or no, mm-hmm. it, God's not talking to me yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's an like easy question because I had that same answer for a lot of times. And mm-hmm. I will tell you that he will answer it even when you don't want him to mm-hmm. at the right time for you to receive it. Right. Because what you'll notice with um, Jesus and when you're in a relationship with him is that he will give you opportunities mm-hmm. to either speak up or to stop doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. He'll give you all these opportunities because he doesn't push himself on you. Right. But whenever you give him permission to come into your life mm-hmm. and he either exposes something that mm-hmm. you should have stopped a long time ago or maybe... Um, brought to light that you do need him. Mm -hmm. For me, it came in a form of a lot of embarrassment Mm. because it's it's something. So how this happened for me was I mentioned earlier that I struggled with lying growing up. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to, um, I thought that's the only way I could have relationships was puffing myself up and making myself look better than this abandoned little girl who, you know, was lower income status, who Mm -hmm. just didn't have a lot to offer the world at that time. Mm -hmm. So I was in college. This problem with puffing myself up (laughs) lasted (laughs) in my early 20s from Uh a child. Sure. And honestly, I didn't even know about it because it became so real to me. Oh, wow. My lies became so real to me. And I was um, almost graduated high school, and I thought about going into the Navy. Yeah. And my mom talked me out of it. She... I mean, it wasn't like a strong, like, I'm for sure doing this, but she was like, yeah. I don't think that's for you. And I really uh-huh. just wanted to go to boot camp. I thought that would be really cool. Ah, uh, yeah. And, um, but because I almost did, in my mind, I, I did. Oh. So over the years, in my mind, I had already went through that season of my life. And that is the bizarre trick that my mind played on me whenever I would puff some of my stories up. Yeah. And I would share some um, these horrendous things I laugh about now. Yeah. But this is how it all came crashing down one day mm-hmm. when God allowed me to break free from my prison on my own. Yeah. And he knew I couldn't do it on my own, so he helped me. Mm-hmm. And even though I thought it was very harsh, yeah. but it really wasn't. It was very gentle. Yeah. And so um, I was at Oklahoma State University uh-huh. at this time, and my roommate happened to have family in the military. Oh. And so she, obviously she was very educated. Uh-huh. Way more than me. <laughs> <laughs> she had a real education. Yes. Yours was kind of made oh, up about yes. it. 
So this was a time when we had this really big plane crash happen at OSU. I don't know. You're not from Oklahoma, so you may not be familiar with it. Mm -hmm. But it was a very traumatic thing in our state. A lot of people died. It was our basketball team, Mm, a lot of um, broadcasters and so forth. So... As a school, what do you, we had this big ceremony yeah. to celebrate them, and as military, you wear your colors. Mm-hmm. Well, I was supposed to, and I was reminded by my roommate that you should probably wear your colors. Oh. And my mind was like, oh, I left it at my mom's house. She's dry cleaning it for me. It's just like, you don't just leave at your mom's house. Oh. And for the first time, I realized that that was not a real story. It was so fabricated in my mind for so long that it was so real that I was like, you're right. Oh, my gosh. I'm not in the military. (laughs) It was so bizarre but so embarrassing because it was in front of all my closest friends. Sure. And I will say that she still to this day does not talk to me. Oh. It hurt her so bad on a personal level Mm. that I lost a friendship. I lost my roommate. I lost a really dear friend of mine. And not that I think she still hung up on that, but sure. we lost that friendship. Yeah. Because she thought, I can't trust anything she says. Uh-huh. She is this woman of God. Right. But yet she fabricates these stories. Yeah. So I lost a lot of credibility. And it mm. broke my heart. And I think oh. about it all the time, even today. Yeah. But I also thank her because God used her to break me from my prison. Right. Yeah. And, God, and that's why we need these relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's why she created for me, a safe place to talk about this now. Yeah. She has no idea how God used her. Oh, mm-hmm. see, that, again, but yes, God. But God. But God. And even though it was painful, mm-hmm. but we don't we don't need God if it's not. Right. Oh, that is so good. Mm, so so good. true. So our prisons can look very different between yes. all of us. And, of course, we're not comparing prison walls. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> not to, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. But, um, but they can come in all different shapes and sizes and um but god and it's always but god because if we just give it to god um he can always help us get out of our prisons he can use others like you and Susie to and warriors arise and those relationships to break out of the prisons and it seems so easy when we just talk about it but Ultimately, when someone says, what does that tangibly look like? Right. Because we need applicable steps. Yes. And so that's the hardest part with having a relationship with Jesus, somebody that you don't physically see, Mm -hmm. but it's something that his presence is always known. Yeah. And so that's why, as a developer, that's where my passion comes in, is to put hands and feet and flesh Mm -hmm. on the Holy Spirit so that they can see from a tangible standpoint, what does it look like to build a relationship with Jesus? What does it look like to live it out and bring other people into a relationship with Jesus. Because mm-hmm. once you find Jesus, it doesn't stop there. Right. It doesn't stop there. That's your just mission the just begins. Yes. And yes. it's funny that you don't even have to want to do a mission or an assignment <laughs> or whatever it is to help someone else. It right. naturally happens. It does. It does. Yes. I love you just that. naturally want to serve somebody else. Yes. So what if a listener today is saying, Oh, Stephanie is speaking to me. What is her next step? Mm. Her next step, first of all, is to pray. Yes. Yes. Good. Pray for confidence. Pray for boldness to speak up. Mm -hmm. Because for those of you who've been through anything traumatic, the first thing you hear is to shut up. Right. So pray for boldness because you're going to hear that voice in your head to shut up. Mm -hmm. Keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And 
then come forward, whether it's to us or to somebody that you trust. Mm -hmm. It might be a stranger. It might be your mother. It might be your best friend. might be your husband, whoever it is. Mm -hmm. Tell somebody that you just need someone to talk to. You don't have to share all your details yet. Mm -hmm. But if you're ready to, then we're ready to hear them. And we would love to hear them here either on the podcast or on our website Mm -hmm. or through a blog. Whatever we have available, that's we want to hear from you. Yes, yes. And that is part of Warriors of Rise Ministry. We're not just a ministry that talks about helping, but we are mm-hmm. ready to um, start talking, start yes. talking about those things. So you mentioned a few things. They can go to our website, Warriors Arise Ministry. They can join us here on our podcast. Make sure that they subscribe and always stay connected with us. Um, follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. um, and very accessible. Like you can just Message us. We are ready and eager to um, receive those questions, and um, we will just... Well, another thing that they can do, too, is we will make it available for them to give us their story. Yeah. Yeah. Give us your testimony. Even if you don't know what a testimony is yet, Mm -hmm. just share with us what either God has done in your life, or maybe you Mm -hmm. haven't, you know, met God yet. You know, tell us about what you would like for him to do, mm-hmm. what you would like to be set free from, and then we could also help you finish writing your story. Yeah. Jesus being the author, but we will help you lay it down. Yes. And you can also do that when our website is released. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Your story is just amazing and wonderful. And I know that some women's lives are going to change with Warriors of Rise Ministry. Yes. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. So We're excited, too. Thank you for hosting. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, again, I am Jane Zahasky, your host. And remember, it's time to rise up, warrior, and step into your freedom. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, this is a safe place to talk about unsafe things.